Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Welcome to the final service of 2020. We have finally made it, and I get you all to myself. There's no band, there's no service host announcements. It's just me and you, actually the guys behind the camera who are here, like always, who have served us faithfully, Andrew Bushway, Elijah Stanley, and the very mysterious Pablo Lemus. Uh, They've all served us so well. I think you should get on Facebook and thank them as much as you possibly can. Pablo, you're not going to be able to get, he's not on Facebook. He's very mysterious. You may not even know who he is, but later on my Facebook, I will give you his phone number and his eHarmony profile, and so you can get in touch with him the best you can. But in all seriousness, Please, please thank these guys if you see them. They have served us so, so well. Well, as 2020 comes to a close, I can only imagine that the countdown to 2021 will be the most anticipated since 1999. Most of us just want it to be done. We just want it to be over with. In fact, you know, we're in this series called Travel Light where we're learning to let things go. I, I can imagine some of us are like, how about a, a message titled Letting Go of 2020? Well, that's not exactly what I have in mind, but I do believe as, as God is speaking to me about us and this year and looking forward as we say goodbye to 2020, as we say hello to 2021, there's this word, this phrase of Jesus that has stuck with me throughout the year, really for the past couple years, and in particular as I, as I look forward to the next year. And it's this phrase in John 4, 35, he says, lift up your eyes. I believe that is what God is calling us to do. I think that's where God is leading us. He's calling us. He's calling you and I to lift up our eyes, to change our perspective, to let go of our perspective. And I believe that will be very, very catalytic for us as individuals and as a church as we move forward. So the final message of 2020 and in this Christmas series is letting go of my perspective. And I don't know if you know this or not, I read a very fascinating story uh, this past week that we have a base. We have an American base in Antarctica. And there are people, there are very, very smart people who go there and they live there for months or even years and they go and they do this research. Well, I read this story uh, this week about these 99 researchers and they're all up there doing research and they tell the story about how one of the guys uh, got them all Christmas presents and they all got them the same thing. He smuggled in 99 Christmas presents and he got them all together and they're gonna open it all at once. So he gave out the 98 to the others and he had one for himself. And when they opened it up, man, they were, they were just, it was just speechless. Like everybody in the room, all these very, very smart people were very, very speechless. And what they had gotten, what they were staring at, what they were looking at, astounded them. And what it was, it was a stone. All it was, all it was, they were staring at a stone. Now, I don't need to go out on a limb to say, don't try this at home, right? Like, don't, don't like give your loved ones a stone. I mean, I think my kids are glad that I didn't read the story a few weeks ago, a few months ago when Christmas presents were beginning to be bought. They didn't get a stone for Christmas. I think they're grateful for that. Don't give a stone away. But they were looking at this stone and they were absolutely astounded, which of course, why be astounded by a stone? Well, if you're in Antarctica and all you have seen are machinery, 
uh, and snow, like you haven't seen a, a rock, a stone of any kind for months, if not years. This is a big deal. And I just begin to think, man, what a difference a year makes. What a difference a season can make to change your perspective. In fact, even today, like you may be walking around today and you may see a rock laying on the ground and you'll be thinking about this story like, yeah, it is kind of interesting. Even me telling you this story may change your perspective. And these guys had their perspective totally changed. Have you ever experienced something? Have you ever had a moment that was so profound to you that it totally changed the way that you saw something that may be totally ordinary. I believe that what God is asking us to do as we say goodbye to 2020, as we say hello to 2021, I believe God is calling us to have a new perspective. And that is what is going on in John 4. John 4 is leading his disciples to have a new perspective, to see things differently. And like most of us, they, they, they just gotten used to the way that they have seen the world and living with certain disappointments and limitations that shaped their view of themselves, that shaped their view of God, it shaped their view of the world. And Jesus comes along and says, lift up your eyes. I want to change your perspective. Now, the context of, before he gets to verse 35, the context of this passage is that he leads these 12 disciples, these 12 Jewish boys into a place called Samaria. And this was a major shock for them because um, Samaria was a place they would have avoided altogether. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the history, there was major racial tension between the Samaritans and uh, the Jewish um, uh, people, especially the men. Nevertheless, they obeyed you, Jesus, and, they, and Jesus sends them into this village to go get lunch because they're hungry. And Jesus hangs back at this well outside of town. And there he has an encounter with this Samaritan woman. And he encounters this woman around noon when nobody would have been there. Um, and the reason why she, she went to this well at noon is because she was not a woman of good reputation. Uh, she was a woman of the night. She was a desperate housewife or whatever phrase you wanna use. She was not, she was even amongst her own people, she was shamed. She was pushed to the side. She was marginalized. So she went to the well at noon because she didn't want to see anybody. But there, there he, she encounters this Jewish man we know as Jesus, we know as Messiah. And Jesus begins to have this conversation with her. And he, he says to her, hey, you've not had one husband, two or three. You've had five husbands. He reveals this information to her, not to out her, not to embarrass her, but to heal her. He is God. He knows her and he wants to bring healing and hope to her. And then they have this conversation about worship. And then in verse uh, 26, Jesus does something that he rarely ever does and that he reveals to this woman, this Samaritan woman, that he is the long-awaited Messiah. And the number of cultural barriers that Jesus is breaking down in this passage cannot be overstated. So just then, so the, the verse says in verse 27, it says, just then, just then, uh, the disciples show up. They interrupt this climax and they're absolutely frustrated. Uh, they're frustrated that Jesus is talking to this woman. Jesus is talking not, no less to the Samaritan woman. To put it bluntly, they saw themselves as up here and they saw her as being way down here at the very bottom. In fact, everyone would have saw this woman at the very bottom, not just 
these Jewish boys, but I would say especially these Jewish boys, but they didn't dare, if you read in the text, it says they didn't dare question Jesus, even though that they were frustrated. They're not, they were not about to ask, hey, Jesus, what are you up to? They just wondered these things in this heart. And in verse 28, we read that this woman left her jar and she went away into town to tell um, everybody in town about this man who told her everything about her, that this could be the Christ, that this could be the Messiah. And then it says, meanwhile, I love in the Bible when it says, meanwhile, it says, meanwhile, um, at the well, Jesus is thinking Messiah, salvation. And in uh, verse uh, 31, it says, it says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, eat rabbi. So here's what's on their mind. Number one, why would you talk to a Samaritan woman? Number two, lunch. They're thinking food. They, Jesus and the disciples, they are on two different ways. They're on two different pages. And this annoys them, it frustrates them. But again, no one had the courage to ask them, hey, Jesus, what are you up to? Jesus, but Jesus is leading them. Jesus is taking them somewhere. Jesus is trying to communicate something to, to them that, hey, look, guys, you are seeing things from a three-dimensional world. Because then he says, um, uh, in verse 32, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. I have food. You're looking at things in the physical realm. I want to show you a new perspective. Then he says, but my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. My food is to do the will of, of him who sent me to accomplish his work. And then he says, do not say there are four months and then comes to harvest. Look, I tell you, here's the phrase, lift up your eyes. I believe just like the disciples, he's telling them to lift up your eyes, change. I believe that's what he wants to say to us. Lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already, verse 36, the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For the saying holds true, one sows, another reaps. Verse 38, I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor, others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you for this passage. I just thank you for this word. And we do want to receive as we look, as we say goodbye to 2020 and we say hello to 2021, I just pray. We, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your word to us to lift up our eyes and to see a new perspective. Jesus in this later half is asking his disciples to see something they don't normally see, to see a new perspective. And, and this is God. This is so God. God does this all throughout the Bible. He comes to a guy named Abraham. He says, you're gonna be the father of multitudes. But in Genesis 15, Abraham had not had a single child and his prospects were not looking good. And God says like, look, I am going, he reminds him of his promise. He's like, man, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. And Abraham is like, are you serious? Serious? Have you checked my situation? Have you checked my circumstance? Um, you know, you say you're going to make me great. You're going to say you're going to make me the fa father of multitude, but I don't even have a single child. And God says, uh, he says, okay, let's go outside your tent. And he says, okay, let's look up. And that is so God. God is always saying to us, he's always saying to his people to look up. Psalm 3, 3 declares, but you, O Lord, are the lifter of my head. Isaiah 55 declares that, that God's ways are not our ways that his ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that his ways are higher than our 
thoughts, our ways. They're totally on a different plane. God wants to lift our perspective. He wants to take us up out of our temporary circumstances and situations. Some of them could be ideal. Some of them may not be ideal. I'm guessing in 2020, most of your situations aren't ideal. And so he does this with Abraham. He takes him outside the tent. He says, now look up. I want you to count the stars. Now, we don't know if Abraham counted them or not, but it doesn't matter because they are innumerable. God's like, yeah, that's right. The blessing I'm going to bring to your life, the perspective I want to give to you is so much bigger than what you see. The, what I want to do in your life is, un, you can't count it. You cannot put a number on the bigness and the grandeur of what I want to do in your life. Jesus says the same thing to these 12 disciples that he said to Abraham. I want, you, I want to lift up your perspective. I want to take your perspective off the temporal, off the here and now, and I want to show you something different. I believe that is what he wants to say to us as we approach 2021 to lift up our eyes, to lift up our perspective. And there's a few ways that I think he wants to do it. Number one, he wants to change how we see the world, letting go of our perspective. I think he wants to change how we see the world. The 12 and this story were absolutely convinced that the way they viewed the world is the way the world is. And Jesus confronted that. And we live in a culture where everyone, everyone is becoming increasingly convinced that they are right. Everyone is becoming increasingly convinced and they're becoming, we are becoming more and more narrow in how we view those things. How we view the world is how the world is. And we never zoom out and second guess. You know, I, I don't, I, I've, before COVID, I traveled not a lot, but enough and uh, for the past several years, you know, when I'd meet up with different leaders throughout the country, you know, we'd meet in different cities and we wouldn't get a hotel. We would get a house, get an Airbnb and, and uh, we would just search the houses. Oh, we would find these houses and like, man, this house looks amazing. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's great. It's perfect. We'd book it. And then we would drive to the house from the airport and we would get to the neighborhood and we're like, what did we do? In fact, I remember one time, uh, I think it was in Dallas, like the Uber driver was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is the place? And that was the last time that I only zoomed. I only took the snapshot of the house. But from then on now, anytime I book an Airbnb and I don't know exactly what I'm doing, I will go on Google Maps. And if you go on Google Maps and you put in the address, you can get what's called a 360 view where you can look around the street view. You can look around at everything. You can pan out and see the context. And I think that's what our life is like. And that's how we're seeing the world, that all we see, all we see is just one little view. And we need to pan out to see the bigger picture of what God is doing. And I hope that happens. And the next series we're doing, we're going to be in Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount through, I think, like maybe the middle of April. And the whole point, man, is we want to see things as God sees things. God wants to change how we see the world, no longer us and them, but totally his.
I believe the second thing it means is that we need to see, he wants to change our perspective that we are connected to something bigger than us. We, it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, and I think 2020 especially so. We've got work, and we've got Zoom calls, and virtual school, and all the things that we just, we just the mundane, and mundane, and just got smaller and smaller. Our worlds are getting smaller and smaller. Our connectedness to something bigger, connectedness to other people is getting smaller and smaller. But I want you to know that what the Bible says, that when you and I receive the free gift of righteousness, the free gift of forgiveness by faith in Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, it says that we are grafted in, right? It uses this language that he, he takes us, individual us, and he puts us in a, a vine, a tree, something bigger, something that has branches that go this way and go that way, and it grows tall, and it's been there for a long time. You and I are connected to something way bigger. It's called family. It's called legacy. It's called tradition. It's called a plan before the foundation of the world that God in his sovereignty has put you into something bigger and expands from the beginning of time. And it goes and it goes and it goes and it never, ever stops. But you and I, we get caught up in the day-to-day and we just don't see that we're part of something bigger. I'll make it personal for a second. Like I know that in 1971, one Larry D. Mowry, Dean Mowry, um, was radically saved after a drug overdose. And he got passionate. He shared the gospel. He started dating and converted a Victoria Claire Mowry. And it would not be long after that that I would call them mom and dad. And they got passionate and they poured their life into other people. And they... Uh, prayed over my, I find this out later, they would pray over my crib and prophesy over my crib and, and pray that God would do something great. And I tried to run. I, I just did not have any, if you know my, if you've been around, you may know my history, high school, I just didn't want anything to do with God. But God arrested me in 1998. And, 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 and now I'm sitting standing in front of you in this camera and there's some thousand people um, a part of Jubilee Church and, and the people that, people that my parents sowed into, like, I, I'm like, they, they sowed into them and, and then these other people sowed into me and then I meet you guys and some of you have been around and you've, you've poured into my life and I poured into your life and now I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder that even though that I plan my steps, that even though that I have plans for my life, I, according to Proverbs, God directs my steps. And now I'm getting to realize I've got this hunch that my life may be bigger than just me, that, there's, that I'm interwoven into something, that there's something happening. There was something happening before I got here, and there's going to be something happening after I leave this earth, that I'm connected to something much, much bigger. I am connected to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so are you. We are connected to something bigger. God works generationally. He works, he weaves things in. You are bigger. You are a part of something way, way, way bigger than you think. Your life is just not you. You are not the sum total of your decisions and your actions. You are interwoven. You are children of God. You are family of God. And we can pretend that we are part and we can get sucked into the day-to-day. But I just want you to know that I think God would say, lift up your eyes. See a new perspective. See that you're a part of something bigger and you are connected to other people. I love what it says in, in um, Verse 38 of of John 4 says, I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. 
Others labored and you have already entered into their labor. He says, you're walking into something that others have been working on. You're going to reap what other people have sown. You didn't produce this. You are reaping something that others will sown. And one day, let me just tell you, one day, other people, other people are going to reap what you sow, that we're connected, that we're part of something big. It's global. It's eternal. And it's amazing. I think when we get to heaven, we are going to be blown away by our connectedness. I mean, we're going to be blown away by Jesus, no question about that. But we are going to be blown away by our connectedness and our fruitfulness, that that we are in this together. Don't be fooled. Don't allow yourself to fool yourself or anyone else or the enemy of your soul that your life is not connected to something bigger and that your life is not connected to other people because that's where your purpose is. That's where your sense of belonging is. That's where your sense of like, this is why I'm here on planet earth, that when you're discouraged, that when you're isolated, when you feel alone, you need to pan back. You need to zoom out of your life, that your life is not this, that your life is bigger than this, that your life is connected to something. It's connected to legacy. It's connected to something global. And we live in a day and age, we need to know this, we live in a day and age where even though that we are increasing in our knowledge, we are narrowing our perspective. We have, we have so much knowledge, but we have such a narrow perspective. Jesus is saying to disciples, listen, guys, there are people who've gone before you. You, and they were a part of my family and now you are a part of this and they worked and they cared and they served and they loved and now you are going to reap what they have sowed. And today people are gonna get saved in this village. What you're a part of is bigger than you think. It's bigger than you think. You know, like I, one of my favorite questions to ask people who are new to the church is, hey, why are you here in St. Louis? How'd you come here? Or, you know, how'd you get connected to the church? Whether it's a lake, the Washington, Sunset Hill, wherever, wherever they are that's online, how did you get connected? One of my favorite questions to ask. And they'll say something like, maybe you, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about because I asked you this question recently. Um, People will say, man, like, you know, it's my school, it's my job, you know, I, you, know, you know, this is where I was raised. There's just some random events. I just want you to know that nothing in this life is random. Acts 17 said, God lays out cities. He lays out times and places before the foundation of the world. He has ordered your days. He has ordered you to walk in good works. And you are not here from some random reason. You are not here because of a job. You are not here because of a school. God has a purpose for it. You are connected to something and it is something way, way bigger than you think. And the third thing, last thing is to let go. And I'll end with this. Letting go of your perspective is to lift your expectations. Letting go of your perspective is to lift your expectation. It is amazing that how one challenging year, one very challenging year, how it can affect the next, how one day affects the next, how one season affects the next, how 2020, it could affect your 2021, which is why we have to be so careful about what our perspective is. When you step into another season, you can actually carry over that season. In fact, it, you know, one day bleeds into a next, and then all of a sudden, you just have this mindset that this is just the way it is. This is just the way it is. It's never going to change. And so you begin to set your sights lower and lower and lower and lower. If you read through 
the Old Testament, particularly in, in the book of Judges, you know, they, they had a heyday, they had Moses, they had all this. And then all of a sudden, then they had Joshua, which he even went like further and went even higher than Moses because they went into the promised land. And then it says another generation arose that did not know God or what he had done. And then we find Gideon. And when you read about Gideon, it says that the people of God were made low. They were crawling in and out of caves. They didn't expect much from their life anymore. And you know, some people say, well, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's like, and so we just begin to say, I don't wanna, I don't wanna hurt, I don't wanna expect anymore. I don't wanna expect anymore because I don't wanna be disappointed. I just wanna say, man, if that's the risk, I, I wanna set my I wanna set my expectations that match the grandeur and the wonder and the awesomeness and the potential of God and be okay with some temporary disappointment would actually has more to do with you and I's arbitrary timeline that we superimpose upon God. God knows what he's doing. His timing is perfect. I would much rather go, wow, I was really hoping God would do this, this, and this in 2020. I was really hoping he would do this in my family and this in my church and this in my group and this in the life of my kids and this in the life of my career but I want to keep on believing. I want to keep on expecting. I mean, he said his disciples, I mean, they were just happy to have lunch. That's all they wanted. And Jesus like, man, I've got food that you don't know about. I've got a supernatural energy for you. That's way beyond the physical. I want to tell you about another kind of food that's going to sustain you well after physical energy lets you down. I'm here to announce that what God has called you to do is going to give you supernatural energy. That's why we are so big on um, things like growth track or just getting you into knowing and understanding what your purpose is and how God's wired you. Because when you start doing what God has called you to do, that is the food. That is where supernatural energy comes from. It doesn't come from a... um, you know, sometimes I've, I don't know how many times in 2020, I'll say it this way. I don't know how many times in 2020 I go to my wife, I say, man, I need a break. Man, I need a break. Man, I need a break. And as I reflected it, what I don't, what I need a break from is I need a break from people's expectations and I need a break from my own expectations and, and, and that. But what I don't need a break from, I don't need a break from preaching. I don't need a break from leading. I don't need a break from loving and caring and pastoring and shepherding because that is what I've been created to do. That fuels me. That energizes me. That is, the, that is the food beyond the food. And the same is true for you. God has, a, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. Don't be fooled into thinking that somehow you need a change of job or change of scenery or change of something in order for you to have supernatural energy. God can use, God can supply you where you're at right here, Right now, whatever it is that you're doing, he can give you supernatural energy because he has food that you don't know about. I'm talking about getting in your car and going to work or you know, waking up, getting on Zoom, whatever it is, and being energized about your job, being positive, speaking life into people. Why? Because I believe that God wants to do, he wants to feed you in that deepest part. So that your work is not about your work. Your work is about the people that are around you and and you can be different. You can have energy for whatever it is that you're doing. You can have energy for wherever God has you in your life because because of the food that he has that goes on, that goes beyond the physical. 
when you feed your soul, don't be, there, are, there are results. Just like you feed yourself, there's results. And when you feed your soul, you're going to find a new supernatural energy. And here's what I think you should expect. I think you should expect expansion. I think you should expect effectiveness. Jesus is very clear. When you lift up your eyes, don't say four months from now, like, hey, yeah, maybe that'll happen for me in a few years down the road. He says, don't say sometime in the future. He says, look right in front of you. There is a harvest right in front of you. You know, we, I don't want to be a Jesus follower that gets caught up in saying someday, you know, someday, someday I'll get serious about my faith. Someday I'll share, you know, the gospel with a coworker. Someday I'll share the gospel, you know, with a neighbor. Some, someday I'll pour my life into someone else. Someday I'll step out. Someday I'll lead. Jesus seems to be alluding to the fact that it can happen right now. And I just want to say at this final service, December 27th, 2020, as we look into 2020, this is not... Something that, hey, maybe someday, hey, you know, maybe when the, you know, when the shutdown lifts and this pandemic is over, then that'll happen. God is saying to you and I right now, I believe he's saying lit to change your perspective, to change your expectations, but it's happening right now. So what do we do? One, I just want to invite you. This is the big thing. I just want to invite you to take a step back and see things from God's perspective. James 1 says that God loves to give perspective. God loves to give wisdom. It's like his favorite thing to give. The only reason why we don't have wisdom, the only reason why we don't have perspective is because we don't ask. Now, we can't be double-minded in it and all that. We have to have a heart spirit. You know, this is, you know, and, and to know like we're never, we're never gonna see things fully the way God sees things, that would cause our brains to explode. We could never handle his knowledge. But God wants to give us a glimpse. He wants to give us increasing revelations of his perspective. So if you don't have it, number one, pan out, ask him for perspective. Number two, make feeding your soul in 2021 a bigger deal than feeding your flesh. He's got food that you don't know about. He's got strength that you don't know about. He's got energy that you don't know about. He's got purpose that you don't know about, don't know about, which means from time to time, that's going to mean denying your flesh. That is why here in a couple weeks, January 10th to January 17th, we are going to have a week of prayer and fasting. We're going to have a week where we're going to seek God. We're going to ask God for things. And we are going to deny ourselves food so that our souls, that our spirit can be filled and if you take your faith serious, if you take your faith serious, number three, it means taking community serious, that you'll begin to prioritize the family of God. In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul says, as we pray most earnestly right, excuse me, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you, check this out, face to face and supply what was lacking in your faith. If you feel like your, your faith has waned in 2020, if you feel like you have waned spiritually in 2020, drifted spiritually in 2020, I just want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you, according to this verse. But Paul is saying you need other people or your faith will be lacking. That's what he's saying. Our participation in each other's life, this goes back to that we're connected and we, we're not the sum total of our individual decisions and actions, that we are connected, that we sow and others reap. We need each other. Your faith will wane without other people in your life. Making 
Community, a big deal. Re-engaging in your community group. If you're not in one, man, they're wide open to new people. If you'd like to get in a community group, we would love to show you how. And then finally, engage. Engage, love, share, serve. Do something to pour into other people. I was talking to another brother just this week, and he was just talking about how like he is coming alive as he is pouring his life into another person. And he's just like, I want more of this. I want more of this. And the same thing's gonna happen to you. There's energy, there's food. As you begin to, to serve other people, Jesus came to not to be served, but to serve. And as you pour your life out for other people, you're gonna find a supernatural energy, not, from a, not physically, but from your very center of your being. And, that, and if, you're, if you're new to all this, uh, man, we want to we wanna help kickstart that miracle that God wants to do in your life. That's why we do the growth track. We're a church of next steps, and we want to help you with that. We want to help you know God, find family, discover purpose, and start making a difference. And it starts with small things, but in, with God, small things become big things, become eternal things. It's very possible that in 2020, the fight has been taken out of you, that you feel like you're just wading through mud. I believe the call for you and I is to lift up our eyes. You've experienced disappointment. You've experienced difficulty, setbacks, trials. Where's this going? Maybe your focus has gotten narrower and zoomed in and zoomed in and zoomed in when I think God would call us to, hey, let's zoom out. Let's see what God is doing. Let's, let's change our perspective. Let's change our perspective about how we see the world, about our connectedness to people in our lives in the present, but also in the past and guess what, in the future as well. Let's change how we expect. Let's, let's see the heart. Can you see the harvest out there? It is in front of us. It is in front. I could see it. I could see all the people groups. I could see all the people, the harvest, the lives that God wants us to touch. People coming from places that we would never expect, wondering if what Jesus said is really true. It, can, it, can I find that in a group of people? And I believe you and I can be the ones to tell them. I'm excited about 2021. I'm excited to turn the page, not because you know, 2020 was such a terrible year and 2021 has to be better now because of what God is doing in our lives together. He wants to lift up our eyes. He wants to change our perspective. He's not done with us yet. We're alive, we're breathing, we've got life and he wants to breathe new life into us. Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you that you are the God of new beginnings. I just pray, I wanna pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for supernatural energy. I pray God you would, lift up our eyes, that we would have the ability to, to zoom out, to pan out, to see things as you see things. I believe that's what you're calling us to do in this moment in time as we say goodbye to 2020 and say hello to 2021. Lift up our eyes, change our perspective. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you in 2021.